made a rule for myself. I will only do scalable actions. And when I started doing those scalable actions, that's when really I was able to duplicate myself and duplicate my results. And, and then ever since then, my first three or four years, I was able to quadruple my results. For personal injury firms looking to automate and scale their business, the process can seem daunting. But following an existing process can lead to wild success. When people don't know how to act when they're in unfamiliar situations, people take cues from other people. And that's the same situation for your potential clients. When they're trying to decide whether they trust you enough to hire you or not, is this law firm legit or not, they will always Google you and they will look at your reviews. You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, where we give you the tools you need to take your personal injury practice to the next level. Sam Malai is the founder of three virtual law firms, in just five years, he has earned over 3,000 Google five-star reviews, seven-figure earnings, and a caseload that went from 23 files to over 7,000. Sam is at the cutting edge of scaling law firms. Exclusive growth requires a specific formula to get right. Mad technology marketing scientist and lawyer, Sam shares with us his tried and tested method in detail on today's episode. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. Being at the forefront of marketing is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Here's Sam Malai, founder of Malai Law. While I was waiting for my bar results, I was contemplating, I'm like, do I really want to be a lawyer? It was the wrong time to start having those uh, questions. But I realized that there's a difference between a traditional lawyer and being a non-traditional virtual lawyer. And I kind of fell into that world. And that's the world that I've been in the last seven years. Hopefully we'll be talking about that and kind of uh, building your own path and building your own you know, way of running a law firm is kind of my thing. You don't identify as a marketer or consultant. You're a lawyer. And so let's talk about Malai Law. In your first year, you retained 23 clients. You know, Tell us about that and what you started to learn. When I started my law firm, I had no mentor. I had no idea how to get clients at all. So I created my first website, taught myself SEO, content marketing, how to create the perfect website, all that stuff. And, you know, I basically had to teach myself how to figure this out. And then, yeah. you know, your second year, you really unlocked an, a unique method of case acquisition. So what happened from the 23 to like this new tactic? Yeah, my first year, I remember exactly to the dollar how much I made. I made $18,400 or so. And then it was until I read this book by Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek, which I think is a game changer for a lot of young attorneys. Basically exposed me to three key principles that I always talk about. First is a virtual model, a virtual business, which I essentially just turned into a virtual law firm. Like, great, running a law firm from your laptop. Second, automation or automated business. So I applied it for my own law firm. How can I make this law firm run on its own? And third, which we'll be talking about, scalable. How can you be able to scale yourself out so that, that the law firm doesn't depend on you? So for example, practically is maybe if, if there's a way that I could sign up clients without me necessarily needing to talk to clients. So how would I be able to create these funnels and videos and things that I'd be able to duplicate myself over and over? So I started, started focusing on more of those scalable actions, started creating a funnel that every time a lead would want to sign up for me, I would go force them to watch this video and then I would get them scheduled for on a call. So I made a rule for myself, I will only do scalable actions. And when I started doing those scalable actions, that's when really I was able to duplicate myself and duplicate my results. And, and then ever since then, my first three or four years, I was able to quadruple my results 
18K, then 90K, then you know, beyond that 360, et cetera, et cetera, and doing it over and over. Now my growth is about two to 2.5X every year with, again, the same principles, scalable, automated, and virtual. So the first thing that came to mind, and, and have you listened to or you read uh, Naval Ravikant? Oh, yeah. I love Naval. Yeah. Okay. I'm of course. Yeah. <laughs> so Naval, he, you know, he talks about leverage, people leverage, media leverage, technology. And the one that I think that you've really unlocked that I'm excited to dig into is, is the technology and the AI and just how fascinating that can be. As it, is, as it applies to leverage. And I kind of like to just hear your just overall thought process on those, the different forms of leverage there before we jump in. Yeah, this, this actual video that Chris is talking about is actually a video that I shared with our legal fundamentalship students. I'm like, this is such a high value. If you really understand this video, it will be a game changing for your life. And what he shares is that you wanna, you wanna find the leverage in your life. And in this day, remember we were making this video 2022, what are, what are the two biggest leverages? It's two things, either content, or tech content. You know, if you're by making videos or writing content, you could have hundreds of people consuming that. So one action for many outputs for many results. Also tech is you create one tool, one thing that could, you know, bring about 10 or hundred X results from it. So that's the epiphany. Your biggest leverage right now in life they can have is either content or tech. If you can use both or use one of them to be able to, again, grow really fast. That's where it's at. Yeah. And kind of expound on that. Like this podcast itself is leverage, right? It's, it's distribution, it's tech. And um, as opposed to me talking to just me and Sam having a conversation where we're getting to share it with, you know, 10,000, you know, subscribers every single month. And uh, it, it's really exciting. By year five, you generate over 7,000 clients. <laughs> so this technique that we're talking about is, you know, you went from 23 to over 7,000. You created multiple six to seven figure virtual law firms. Like how did you go from 23 to 7,000 clients? Take us through this process. I've basically found patterns in creating a successful law firm. The first part is just generating clients. Client generation, you know, for me, I always think about it as three parts. It's the traffic, basically where your leads are coming from. Then there's the system that converts them. I call it the funnel. And the third aspect is like the automation or automated ways to be able to follow up with your leads to turn them into clients. So client generation is all about that. I go find the top source that brings me the most clients. Usually for me, I like paid ads. Go crank that up. Then go second is send them to a system or way to be able to convert them into leads and clients. And third is use have some kind of automation system again to follow up with them. So I set that up. The next is serving the clients, or sometimes I like to refer out the clients if I can. For that, I use a lot of virtual assistants and building out a virtual team. I, I do sometimes still have directors and managers in-house, but most of the virtual staff, when it comes to signing up the clients, serving the clients, doing parts of the marketing, client generation, gathering Google reviews, all that stuff is all VAs these days, virtual assistants. And the third part, which is crucial for me, is collecting as many reviews and Google reviews as I possibly can for each of these law firms. And if I can set up these three parts, bring in the clients, serve the clients, and get a good Google reviews, I'm able to replicate this over and over across different practice types. But essentially, it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing over and over. And I was able to duplicate that over and over. I have about six or seven uh, active virtual law firms that are consistently every day signing up clients, serving the clients, or referring them out getting a lot of Google reviews, rinse and repeat over and over. While that's going on, 
I'm also, as a passion project, I teach this to other lawyers about how they can also do this for themselves. And now I'm seeing success stories from our students that are doing, doing the same exact thing, kind of understanding the system, creating it for themselves and be able to see the results of this. And this is so different. So there's several things that I want to pick out here. It's like, because first you, you refer to this, you know, remote law firm, this virtual law firm, not even remote, virtual versus like the traditional brick and mortar. So first of all, let's talk about the advantages and disadvantages of the virtual law firm. And, and how do you distinguish that? Right. You said that you had like six, are they different entities, different, you know, S corps or however you file, like, like, how do you distinguish yes. these? What are they? Um, I usually first want to make sure that I'm generating the clients for it. So I make sure I get the client generation down then, or if I already know that I already know what it is, then at that point, then I go create a separate entity. But yes, there are all of them separate entities. That's one uh, commonality. And another commonality is they all have one director, basically a business manager, director, implementer, whatever you want to call it. One person in charge of the business, make sure that the team is doing what they're supposed to be doing. We have a goal. Everybody's sticking to their goals, et cetera, and the, and the business is growing. Absolutely. And then we'll hit each of those pillars, right? So the biz dev, the client experience, and then the review. So let's talk about the biz dev. Let's explain the basics. What's a legal funnel? So when I talk about funnels, it's just the concepts. It's not necessarily you need to send people to like a particular funnel or things like that. Just clarify that because the market, I think, is misunderstood. They think like it has to be this particular looking page and this like that. So when I explain funnel, again, the first part of the funnel is to just collect your leads information. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing is to nurture or to build a relationship with these leads. How do I do that? I always want to send them to a particular video, usually, to get nurtured, to for them to hear from the attorney. Here's how we can help you. You probably have this problem. Here's how we can help you. Look at all the other people that we've helped in the past. And the next component is to drive them to your basically your call to action. What do you want them to do? For law firm owners, it's one of two things. Either give me a call right now or go book a time with me right now. There's nothing else you want them to do. And then you basically you have your series of emails usually or texts that's sending them back to this same process. Go watch this video, go book a call or, or give me a call. And that's over and over. Um, that's basically the funnel summarized. Funnels don't need to be built from scratch. From Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels to ActiveCampaign, certain applications are best suited to different parts of the process. Sam dives into the tools he prefers and why specialization matters. Yes, I believe in using tools that are very good at certain things. Yes, there are some tools on the market that do different things. I like kind of specialty tools. So yes, I do use ClickFunnels for my funnels. My, for the pages inside the funnels. I use Active Campaign for my emails. I use a lot of Loom to record the, the videos and be able to kind of use videos to my advantage. But there are also, again, mentioned, so there are some certain tools, Lawmatics, Clio, those things could also help out to be able to serve those purposes. Absolutely. So the, the, that's fantastic. And I've used many of those. Uh, Loom, I'm a huge fan of Loom from the humanizing uh, component. The one thing here on the biz dev side that I've always found challenging is particularly for the PI audience, right? It's, you know, if it's, if it's divorce or bankruptcy, you can educate them and, you know, people are making that consideration, right? You, You can get collect information a little bit different. You know, how does this play into say the PI side of things where we don't know who's going to get in an auto accident or is it maybe you've identified interests and you do know, like, like how does that play into this? 
I look at it two ways. Either it's direct marketing. Let's go make sure that we are where, where when people are searching for us or where, when they have an accident and they're trying to get the question answered, let's be there. That's usually the best because the intent is there. The urgency is there. They're there when they need it. That's one, which I'm sure Chris, your company that helps PR lawyers do exactly that. But which, by the way, if you're a PR lawyer and you guys have been listening to Chris for a while, <laughs> I would use this moment to kind of use this motivation to go at least talk to Chris, <laughs> at the very least talk, get some information, see what's out there. What should I do? Should I do this? Should I not? And I know Chris, you probably have those conversations, even if you cannot help them right then and now, at least you give them good advice, right? So definitely go talk Absolutely. to Chris. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Uh, second thing is, you know, you got to play the long-term game. Okay. The, lo- the, the more you can play the long-term game, the more successful you'll be in life in general. It's an epiphany that I had, not just in business, but also in relationships in being a good spouse, when it comes to your content, when it comes to anything you could think about, again, if you play the long-term, you have a good long-term mindset and your actions are long-term minded, then you will be successful. So if that's the case, go build a community of a very particular types of people. And that community is usually people that you get along with. So it gives you, it gives some ideas, whatever your passions are to just say, you like poker. So go see if you can build an online community of poker players like horseback riding, go create an online community of horseback riders. Go create that community and build an email database or an even better than email database. Go build a long-term relationship with these people. Be a good person. Provide good value. Don't necessarily, you don't necessarily need to talk about you know, being a PI lawyer all the time. It's a misconception. Just be a good person. I kind of actually learned this myself. And my, one of the first things I did, it was, you know, I learned about the power of having your own email list. So I created my own gathered all the emails that I could. And I started sending uh, the people in my email list all about business formations, LLCs. Once a month, I would send those emails. I would get like a decent number of open rates and decent number of replies. I'm like, wait a minute, let me switch it up. Let me start talking about life. Let me share some positive quotes and let me uh, do this other stuff. And when I started doing that, that's when I got a lot more engagement, a lot more replies. And also when I noticed I would go out and meet people in person, they would always mention, hey, I love your newsletter, all that stuff. So you know, your content and your community that you built doesn't necessarily have to be about you being a PI lawyer. Just be a good person that also happens to be your PI lawyer. So I would say play the both games, be to do some direct marketing kind of things with Chris and his company, and also go to play the long-term game with building an online community of the people that you, you would add to their life and add value to their life. First of all, thank you for the compliment. And I, th- I think that's such a great piece of advice that you, that you mentioned in terms of just be a human being. Like, I think where I see this go wrong on, on is on social media a lot, where just many firms will just talk about, have you been in an auto accident? Just the law, the law, the law. But w- when you humanize yourself and you bring in a picture of the pet or your family members or, or the different things in the community, it just it makes you more likable. Uh, they can associate with you more. And I like all those recommendations that you mentioned. And once you've kind of captured these individuals, right? You, you built a community, you built the biz dev, you're doing your branding, your awareness, and you get that client. So you, you talked about the three stages. So you want to nurture that client experience. You know, what goes into an amazing client experience, particularly with, with technology and automation? It's streamlining that process that you're able to serve the clients with the best, most clear communication and to keep the client updated on exactly where they are in their case. Okay, so let's break that down. First, you need to, in your CRM, you need to break down the client cycle or what the client process is. But first I need to gather a full intake, then I need to gather the documents, 
then maybe I need to, if need be, interview the client. Then I need to start the paperwork. Then I need the lawyer to the client to review the paperwork. Then I need to file that paperwork. Then I need to get it ready for a response. Then review the response. Whatever the, whatever that is, break down your entire process from A to Z. How to from the client signs up to when the client gets their check, what that looks like. So break that down. Second is you want to have managers or directors that are in charge of the different stages. So let's just say one person is just for onboarding the new clients. You have an onboard manager. You have the person who's in charge of filing. And then you have the person in charge of like disbursements and collection and things like that. So break it down into divisions. Create goals for each of the divisions. And you want to make sure every single one of those steps is has very clear protocols and instructions for your team to be able to serve those clients and also for those clients to be tracked where they are in the stage. That's like really actively like building that up, that system one time and make sure that's smooth and operating is really crucial. And second thing also, a lot of PR lawyers are struggling with having their clients updated and where the clients are. You don't want the client to come and say, hey, where are we at with our file? You want to be proactive. You want to have a client success manager whose only job is that once a week you go through this list of clients and just tell them where they are in their case. Even if there's no status, you just send at least send an email. Hey, I just wanted to check in with you. Hope you're in a great, hope you had a great weekend. Just wanted to update you. We're still, our next thing is still happening in June. You have nothing to do until then. When the clients get a status update proactively from you, Without you asking for them, that really is gives them ease of mind. They don't just, they stop thinking about it, and they will be much happier throughout the process and at the end. And you will get much happier clients and a lot of five star Google reviews at the end. Yeah, I think that the thing that I say here is you're teaching them not to be crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. So often the clients get get crazy. You know, FUD stands for Chris: fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's when mm-hmm. you know, bad things happen. So make sure that your clients don't have any FUD, basically. Yeah. And I like the aspect that you said, you have like a client success manager. It really reminds me like a SaaS, like, you, like you're, you're given this overall experience and, and teaching them how to work in within your processes too. And, you know, especially if you're using technology or Loom to communicate. So I think that's a, that's really powerful. I like the fact that you've identified and mapped out these different stages. A criminal defense firm is going to be different than a PI firm and all the different stages that you encounter. And I think that's super smart on the, on the CRM side. Is there any CRM work? Is there a particular CRM that you recommend? Is it, you know, Litify, a Filevine? Uh, you know, is there any particular that, that you kind of lean into? And I'm also in a very particular cool situation to be in because I get a lot of information about what's working for lawyers, what's not. And what I found out is if there was one really good CRM, I would have already known by now, but there isn't. So what I found out, just little clues, is that ideally there are some certain CRMs that are good for certain practice types. So, you know, there are some that are particularly good with PI. I don't want to name particular ones that are good for PI sure, because I'm not 100% problem. sure myself. But from what I know, I'll just put out there, K-Spear, Lawmatics, things like that. So that's that. So practice specific. And then general ones that generally I know are necessarily good are Clio, Lawmatics. The, um, those I would say is like two that are like kind of the front runners right now. Sure. We've heard a lot about those as well. And and yeah, so I don't want to just focus all all there because a lot of times I get this on the project management side as owning an SEO agency and they're like, well, which project management tool? I'm like, well, they all work. You just have to utilize the tool effectively 
you know, within their parameters and capabilities. I love the communication at these different milestones, the client success managers, the different division heads that are interacting and, you know, the director that oversees everything. So then we got the last side, the evangelism, the, the review side. So let's talk about, first of all, in your words, why are reviews important? You know, I, there are many reasons why they're important, but in your words, why are they important and why is the actions after the case settles so important? Actually, I taught this exact thing to our legal funnel students today about reviews, the power of uh, reviews. So first of all, Google reviews are by far the most important, way more important than Facebook, Avval, Yelp reviews. So just make sure you're collecting reviews on Google. I'm sure, Chris, you talk about this all the time. Your SEO, Google ads, Google local service ads, Google My Business, all that stuff relies on Google. That's one. Second is, the idea is when people don't know how to, how to act when they're in unfamiliar situations, that people take cues from other people. And that's the same situation for your potential clients when they're trying to decide whether they trust you enough to hire you or not. Uh, is this law firm legit or not? They will always Google you and they will look at your reviews. And that's why reviews is so crucial because reviews is basically the biggest factor to getting your potential clients, your leads to turn them into clients. Nothing is more convincing than, than your reviews. So it's crucial, 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 especially in this online age to have a lot of good Google reviews. And I actually have a really good system for be able to collect a lot of Google reviews. Maybe I'll be able to share it with your audience today. And I actually sure. have, have over 3,227 Google reviews as a time of this recording, which is wow. one of the highest in the nation. And that's with even a small team. They're very, very, very small team. And it's all attributed to the system that hopefully I'll be sharing with you right now. From the SEO perspective, that makes me like <laughs> that's very powerful. It says on Google Locals page, you know, in terms of prominence, that review count and score is factored into visibility, and I, and I totally agree in terms of the social proof and trust, you know, elements. So let, let's talk about that. That that really excites me. Let's talk about the the review acquisition strategy there. Great. So it's two things. One is the actual uh, script that I'll be sharing with you, and second is and uh, some kind of automation component that will automatically send these requests over and over and over and over until they actually do. So first is the script. Most lawyers, they just send, as soon as the, they want to review, they just send a, an email or a text and they say, hey, uh, can you leave me a review? And then they send out the link for the review. Don't do that. It's a mistake because it's too much of an ask. It's very hard. People are lazy, inherently lazy these days. Nobody wants to do anything. It doesn't matter that you've been such an amazing uh, lawyer for them for the past two years. People still have a really hard time to do, to do that for you. So instead, you want to break down the ask into two asks. First, ask for permission to say, hey, if I send you a link, can you leave me a review? Let them say yes first. Then you send them a link to leave a review. Okay, so you break down the ask and it's very subtle. And most people are like, okay, that's it. I'm like, yeah. That makes a huge difference. Get people to say yes first, then you send them a link. So I'll share the actual script with you. And whoever that's watching this on YouTube later can see this on the screen. So the first email is essentially says this, and I'll try to read it out for people that are listening in right now. Feel free, if you're listening to this, go pause this and go write this down because it, this works really well. Again, I've been able to use this exact script for to collect over 3,000 Google reviews. So here it is. The first word is personalized, says their name. So John, I'd like to ask you for a favor. Would you please mind taking a few moments to write a review for me? Your comment will help others know what to expect when they're looking for the service I offer. And here's the call to action. 
may I please send you a link to leave a review if that's okay with you? Question mark. So you just ask them, hey, is it, is it okay if I send you a link? Then let them say yes. I don't mind here. Yeah, sure. Send me the link. Then once they reply back, then you say, great, thank you so much. Leave a review here. You'll link out to your Google review. And then you say, I really appreciate you doing this. I'll be sure to return the favor when you need assistance in the future. That's it. Ask a very particular way. And then the second part that I mentioned is some kind of automation. So I use a tool called Mixmax, which is an email automation tool that you use instead of Gmail, which by the way, the whole other conversation, everybody should be on Gmail. Nobody should be using Outlook these days for a lot of <laughs> reasons. I could talk about it for a good 30 minutes about this. But if you're inside of Gmail, go look up a tool called Mixmax and you will to create Mixmax sequences for these two emails that says, that basically re repeats this ask over and over. So this one will be called review one sequence until they say, yes, I will review. Then I will send them this review two sequence over and over. So that basically does the follow-up for you. And it kind of uh, increases your chance of like, usually like a 10% chance of people leaving you review. This is anywhere from 30 to 50% of your clients leaving you review. There's so much in this. It, it seems simple, but there's so much psychology here. So first let's talk about the, the getting them to say yes. Why is that critical as opposed to send them the link? Whenever you want people to do something, it's basically get people to micro commit uh, before they do it. So if they say yes, they'll do it. Now they have to follow through. And then the, the first ask is also much easier. Yes, a response of yes is a lot easier than actually them going and doing it. So actually you can apply the same as you mentioned, like a psychology and this technique to other things if you need anything done. And I also, this, I'm sure, Chris, you probably do this for asking for reviews and link building, right? You have some probably techniques in there for doing this. So yeah, getting people to micro-commit before you actually get them to do it. Most people will micro-commit because saying yes to the first ask and not following through with the second will go against their integrity. Getting the first yes may be the challenge, turning off some clients and converting others. Sam digs into how he approaches frequency of asks. Something that I debated for a long time and the two schools of thoughts, either be aggressive and zealous or be a little bit, quote unquote, nicer, a little bit more conservative, make sure that nobody gets offended or annoyed. So in life, it usually pays off to be a little bit more zealous, a little bit more aggressive, be more proactive. So over time, I kind of lean towards asking more, doing more, doing sending more follow-ups, even if it comes at the expense of being a little bit annoying to a small uh, you know, uh, percentage of the population. So I'm all for being a little more aggressive and it's not the end of the world. It's just through email. <laughs> if, you know, you, if you need to clarify something, you just do it through email. But I like being more aggressive. I usually, the way that I kind of balance is early on in the sequence, I usually do it once every day. And then after like email three or four, then I do it like every two, every three, every five, every seven, every 10 days after that. So I kind of, I don't know what kind of chart that is, but over in the beginning, it's like very frequent and yeah, less like frequent later. Curve. So one of the things I like about getting the micro commitment is it also gives you an opportunity for them to vent. So if they didn't have a good experience, you're not sending them a review link for them to write a one-star review. So they like, yeah, of course, I'll write you a review. Then it's probably likely that they're going to give you a good review. But if they're like, no, blah, blah, blah. I had this bad experience. Well, then you can maybe flip them into an evangelist and it gives a little bit of an opportunity as, as opposed to going straight into kill right away. Of course. I think a lot of our audience are probably like automation, you know, let me send this to my marketing person, you know, like where, so where do they start? What can you do to help? Let's talk about you and, and the audience that may want to implement some of these 
uh, practices into their firm? Sure. So, you know, I already have my own ongoing, you know, law firms that I create, make sure that they're bringing in clients, serve the clients, et cetera. But on the side, I'd really as a passion project, I used to be a tutor, I used to, have a, used to have a successful tutoring company. My passion is teaching and sharing and giving ultimately. So I created a program called Legal Funnel, where I share these exact systems that I'm currently implementing for myself. Everything that I share is based on things, not just based on things that I heard, based on things that I implement first for myself. I'm the guinea pig. Once I get results of it, then I go share that with our students. It's basically an online coaching program where I share this in a very systematic, well-thought-out way with all the templates, all the implementation. We also have a, a support team that helps you implement this. Again, everything is really well-thought-out to help you implement the same exact things for yourself. When it comes to two things, one is getting clients, and two is automating the law firm. So that means all the systems and all the virtual assistants and all the backend stuff to be able to, for you to be able to automate the entire thing. So you're able to run your law firm as a business so that the law firm doesn't run you, you run the law firm essentially. And so what was the domain again? It was legal funnel. Was that legalfunnel.com? Yeah, legalfunnel.com or just Google it, go on YouTube, go on Facebook, anywhere you'll have to search for it, be able to find it. I'm all about giving. Again, everything that I do is based on teaching and sharing value. So you'll be able to find plenty of value up front. And if it sounds intriguing enough, come book a call. Just go to legalfunnel.com, just book a call, speak to us. We have an ongoing program. Uh, thankfully, we have 350 lawyers who have already joined our program very successful. And every time I do it, every time I teach, it always gets constantly refined. I learn new things. I talk to hundreds of lawyers, gather all the intel, feed it back to everybody, what's working, what's not for everybody. So yeah, if you're interested, please uh, book a call with us. Fantastic. Yeah. So, and again, this is leverage guys. So instead of getting on the hamster wheel and trying to hire employee after employee, this is another form of leverage to get the work done. And uh, it allows for a different type of scale that maybe, you know, the human component may miss. So uh, I would definitely tell you to reach out to Sam. A couple final questions here, Sam. So, you know, pie in the sky, what's some of your big goals? What are your big goals for your firm? So actively, I'm just working on creating as many enterprises as I can. Different law firms, ideally multi-state or national law firms if I can, because that makes the marketing easy. Create those, grow those, make sure that they're self-sustainable, they're running on their own, which is literally what I'm doing right now. On top of that, have a big vision and know how legal funnel can help so many lawyers. I need so many lawyers need this. So hopefully be able to build this out to you know reach tens of thousands of lawyers to be able to share these techniques and be able to work smart, be able to again automate the law firm, be able to make sure it's virtual and scalable, all that stuff. I'm actually also about to hopefully soon release a book called Virtual Law Firm Secrets. Go look to see if you can find that book. Maybe go on Amazon. Hopefully by the time it gets published virtual law firm secrets where I'll be able to share more of these lessons with everybody. Fantastic. And we'll, we'll link that up. What's next for legal funnel serving more clients because we've already proved the model. We know what works, what helps the lawyers, how we can uh, help our lawyers. So really scale up and just reach more lawyers. And it's not just PR lawyers. So we do PR right now is our second most popular practice type, but we also work with state planning, business, criminal defense, immigration, all the top practice areas. The principles are all the same you know, set up the same systems and be able to automate it. All that stuff is be able to get a lot of value from any of those practice types. Fantastic. Sam, thanks for so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. And Chris, I want to give you props because I know you've been at it for, uh, for how many years, Chris? Ah, oh, geez. 15? 15 years. That's consistency. And that's playing the long-term game because for both of us, I'm sure we get exposed to a lot of different marketers and different people 
that are in this field that are so short-term minded. I see so many companies do you see come and go, especially in the last 15 years. And now I'm like starting to see that. But now I find that long-term people and play the long-term game with them, make good friends with them because I know I'll be here 30 years, 40 years. doesn't matter how much money I make, I'll still be doing the same thing. So yeah, find those long-term people and I'm going to give you props and hopefully both of us will be able to keep and have a good long-term relationship together and hopefully be able to meet each other in person as well. For personal injury lawyers, building successful funnels is a two-pronged approach. Direct marketing will make sure that you are where the client is when they have an accident. The second, create a community with specific types of people online and develop a long-term relationship with them. Be a good person that happens to be a personal injury lawyer by providing value. Establish systems from client intake to check disbursement that are consistent and replicable. Once the client is secured, be proactive with communication. Let them know where their file is in the process, ask for reviews, repeat. I'd like to thank Sam Malai from Malai Law for sharing a story with us, and I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing.